Welcome to A Place of Shelter. It's a podcast for those who serve um, in providing hospice care, and uh, we're grateful that you're here. My name is uh, Chaplain John. I'm with Queen City Hospice in uh, Cincinnati, and our special guest today is uh, our esteemed leader, and uh, that is Chaplain Josh Fagan. Josh, welcome to A Place uh, of Shelter. What do you got for us today, buddy? Hey, John. Thanks so much for having me on again. Um, so it's hard to believe that we're only a few days away from Christmas. Isn't it's, that wild? It's crazy. It is. I can't wrap my mind around it. <laughs> well, did you hear that production was down at Santa's workshop? I Maybe- not heard that well many of his workers had to elf isolate <laughs> okay that's it i'm done with jokes <laughs> that's a good one though i mean you are a dad and all so that's, that's, yeah that's bad dad jokes dad for joke. sure yeah well today i have my top 10 christmas fun facts top 10 christmas fun facts are these yes. true fun facts or are these like not so fun facts really uh, a little bit of both. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Number one, St. Nick was extremely generous. So historically, we know that St. Nicholas lived in the province of Lycia in the 4th century AD. The Dutch name for St. Nicholas was Sinterklaas, which we get Santa Claus. So you probably already knew that Santa Claus came from St. Nicholas, but the real saint wasn't a bearded man who wore a red suit. That came much later with the legend that we get. So according to fourth century uh, legends, Christian, the Christian bishop gave away an abundant inheritance to help the needy and rescue women from servitude. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. All right. Number two. Number two. Do you need a drum roll or something? That would be awesome. If you can add that in there. <laughs> can you edit that into that? That would be awesome. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Number two. So the Coca-Cola company actually played a huge part in Santa Claus's image. So before Coca-Cola got into it, Santa used to look a lot less jolly. He actually looked scary. It wasn't until 1931 when the Coke company hired an illustrator for a magazine ad where we get jolly old St. Nick. So recent development in terms of the history of Santa. Yeah, Santa's evolved. Yes, Yes. He changes. <laughs> uh, number three. Hanging stockings started by an accident. So we hang stockings by the chimney uh, because a poor man didn't have enough money f- to give his three daughters gifts. So generous old St. Nick dropped a bag of gold down their chimney one night where the girls hung their stockings to dry. And that's where we get the idea of stockings. Okay. I'd like to have some gold in mine. Can you imagine what that would be worth today? <laughs> I'm pretty sure an ounce is going for near $2,000. That'd be amazing. It would be crazy. In your socks. In your socks of all places. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the funnest podcast I've ever done. <laughs> all right. Number four. Uh, Rudolph was actually a marketing ploy. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer first appeared in 1939 at a department store where a copywriter was asked to create a Christmas story where they can give away 
the coloring books. So for years, they would buy them. This year, that they uh, 1939, they wanted to make their own. So that's where we get Rudolph from. Got it. So we should put a disclaimer on this, that any children listening might be very <laughs> disturbed by the factual information that should, we're coming should, up with. Should we put like an explicit uh, <laughs> warning label? A parental advisory. <laughs> 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 All right. Halfway, halfway. Number halfway. five. Christmas, Christmas wreaths are actually a symbol of Christ. So the wreath originated as a symbol of Christ as the holly represents the crown of thorn. Jesus wore during his crucifixion, and the red berries symbolize the blood he shed. So when you see a wreath, you'll know the reason for the season. I never knew that. I just assumed that it was because much holly blooms in winter or in autumn, kind of beginning of the season. And so that was what I thought. Oh, I didn't know that either. Okay. I'm learning something. Yeah, we all are. So in um, where my family is from down in eastern Kentucky, uh, they go ginseng hunting. So back uh, when my uh, grandmother was little, um, her father used to roam the hills in the wintertime because uh, when everything was kind of dark and gray, the ginseng plant would look um, very green compared to everything else. And they would have these little berries that budded. And that's how they that's where they knew where to go. So they would get the ginseng and they would take it back home. They would uh, dry it out. They would put it in a box and mail it off to these uh, medicinal companies. And then they would send them a check. So I guess um, wild grown ginseng plants were worth more than uh, whatever they were growing anywhere else. You're kidding. Yeah. That's remarkable. Nothing to do with Christmas, though. Nothing to do with Christmas, but such an important story. Yeah. Yeah, ginseng. I didn't know that about ginseng. So I wonder if it still grows wild and if we just... It absolutely it walking, does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my just... family still picks it in uh, Eastern Kentucky. Do they still ma- mail it to the medicinal companies? That's uh, That I'm not sure of. I thought maybe they made like moonshine or something out of oh, it. They, that's what I thought you were going. They definitely do that, but I think that's made with <laughs> corn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And if you ever get a chance, don't. I'm warning you. Okay, number six. <laughs> the term Xmas dates back to the 1500s. So if you think that Xmas is a nefarious attempt to take Christ out of Christmas, that's not exactly true. So Christianity was actually spelled Xianity as far back to 1100. So X or Chai is the Greek first uh, letter of the alphabet. And that's how Christ was spelled with the, the Cairo. Um, yeah. So a bit of a sidebar, in the early 300s, my Greco-Roman professor and my undergraduate school would be so proud of me for remembering this. <laughs> but at the, uh, in the, the early 300s AD, um, Christianity was actually an illegal religion uh, throughout the Roman Empire, the biggest empire, um, that the, the latest, uh, the last greatest empire that we've had. And so Christianity was illegal. And so around 313, I believe, um, the Emperor Constantine had this vision right before this famous battle of Milvian Bridge. So he had this image of a Cairo, which is uh, Jesus's name, which is basically an X and a P uh, put together. So he saw this image of a Cairo in the sky. And later that night, he had a vision from Jesus, a revelation from Jesus saying um, to believe in him, basically. And so what he did 
was before the battle, they painted a Cairo on all of their shields and all of their armor. And they went out and they won the Battle of Milvian Bridge. So a lot of scholars believe that um, they would have won that battle anyway. Uh, but that's how Christ revealed himself. And after that, Christianity became a legal religion. And not long after that, it became the primary religion of Rome. So we still have a little bit of that lasting today with the Roman Catholic Church. Yes. Yes, we do. It's, yeah. It's amazing. And I, Go ahead. And I was wondering, well, I was just wondering about that story since they went out into battle with this new symbol. It really involves a big X if that wasn't just sort of a target for the enemy. Now that tar- the enemy can see this big X on their shield and actually have a better, better aim at them. That, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never thought about it. But, but Constantine reinterpreted that event mm-hmm. as a victory from God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a transformational moment for him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. Sorry to digrade into, into ancient history. Hey. It's, it's so good, though. It's so interesting. <laughs> so number seven, the Latin word Natalis which means day of birth, is the origin of the word that we get Noel from. So Noel means day of birth. Day of birth. Number eight, people used to tell scary ghost stories on Christmas Eve, not merely a century ago. So 100 years ago, people were telling scary stories on Christmas Eve. What kinds of scary stories would you tell on Christmas Eve? I don't know. What is that recent story about Krumpus, like the little evil Santa Claus that... (laughs) goes around in the middle of the night i don't know that yeah this is not a children's podcast at all is it yeah i would be afraid (laughs) of that but there is one of those songs that scary ghost stories of of uh, sort of stories of long ago it's one of the lines in one of the one of sort of the christmas songs that are around and i'm like who's telling scary stories um but apparently it was something to do i wonder if it involved like ghouls and halloween kind of scary stories or just kind of like sort of ghosts and things sure and, and that's kind of how we get the idea of halloween too coming from yeah. Yeah. all hallows eve dressing up as your favorite saint and then people started dressing up as their biggest fear and i imagine that um from the winter solstice being very close to christmas and the longest night of the year that christmas time was a very dark and cold and scary time as people were getting sick and maybe didn't have food and so they just confronted their fears by telling scary stories Maybe we should, in, 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 you know, sort of embrace that practice. Yeah. Maybe there's something, of, mm-hmm. you know, healing in that, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Number nine. Number nine. Clement Moore's poem, "Twas the Night Before Christmas, introduced Santa's eight reindeer named Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, plus Duner and Blixem, German words for thunder and lightning, which later evolved into Donner and Blitzen. So the names sound male, but they were probably female as male reindeer shed their antlers in the winter. Well, and I be- that's awesome. And I believe that a lot of, I don't know if this is factual or not, so we can edit this out. Um, but I believe a lot of the idea of Santa's reindeers came from uh, Norse mythology. And there were actually 82 reindeers. Reindeer. I think it would be a stronger herd. Yeah, you would think so. You know? Yeah. <laughs> all right lastly number 10 maybe maybe it was just food maybe it was a very practical thing how do we feed 82 reindeer 
we can't do that. We can't bring up enough, enough food and water for to to keep all these animals fed. Let's just bring nine or eight. And maybe some of them just died. So it's a very practical decision to move from eighty-two. That's to true. 80. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thought. All right. Last but not least, um, so Scripture has many accounts of Christ's birth, and some of these accounts are hundreds of thousands of years prior to the birth of Christ that we have in prophecy. Um, so a lot of our uh, narrative accounts of Christ's birth comes from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the Gospels. But one of my favorite verses comes from the Old Testament or Hebrew scriptures in Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. Verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over Israel whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And some of these translations uh, says whose origins are from eternity, which I, I think that's beautiful. Verse 3 says, Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand up and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. So, I have a closing bonus fact. So, did you know that evergreens are an ancient tradition? So, are evergreen Christmas trees? I did not know that. So, the tradition of Christmas trees goes all the way back to the ancient Egypt, Egyptians and Romans, who marked the winter solstice with evergreens as a reminder that spring would return. So what a great reminder for this time right now. So there is yes. no doubt that Christmas feels very different this year. It doesn't feel the same. And for the majority of us, it's been a really difficult year. Yeah. So just like the Christmas tree that we got from Target or the Douglas fir sitting in our living room, uh, we have a reminder that the long, cold nights are temporary and spring is on its way. I'll take that as a word from the Lord. I got, I got one more for you. One more, yes. Which Christmas film was 30 years ahead of its time? Home Alone. And that's all I have for you. That's all you have. <laughs> so in the words nice. of Clement Moore, happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. And with that, um, we want to thank you for being a part of our podcast and uh, look forward to wishing you happy holidays and, um, and hopefully continue to listen uh, to what's coming up next week. Take care and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks.